Welcome to Pro AV Now by MarketScale, your source for the latest news and innovations in the audiovisual world straight from industry professionals. Now, here's your host. Welcome back to our Pro AV Now podcast. We're on part two of our interview with Bryce Button. He's the director of product marketing for AJA. And so I feel stupid asking this because I think you mentioned earlier that uh, it has to be 55 inches or greater. Would you say that there's a possibility of HDR-like quality images or videos reaching the mobile world? Well, yes. So, so what I was referring to there was you need 55 inches or larger for the resolution like that, that is 4K. So 4K is, you know, 4,000 pixels. That's just resolution. Resolution without HDR, and HDR doesn't have to be tied to resolution. We are producing tools that allow you to deliver a high dynamic range HD image, for instance, which is 1920 and is what your standard HD TV is. And that, you know, is the same. Let's say your iPad's 2,000 pixels. All of that can be this HDR can be uh, viewed and perceived on any of those size devices. So everyone gets the benefit from HDR. Oh, okay. I got you there. Well, in terms of HDR, a lot of businesses, of course, are going to want the best quality images, but it's not going to be super important in some industries. However, it's going to be very vital in other industries. So like things like cinema, I would imagine that every detail counts. Things like retail and other things like, could you explain maybe some markets that I'm not thinking of where HDR is pretty much a requirement? So it's interesting because in the AV space, the pro AV space, we've seen a lot of demand for it, uh, as well as uh, sports broadcasting. So on the immediate front, as we have put our first tools into the market, uh, they're getting bought up by um, television producers who are working with live events, everything from um, soccer in Europe to um Live concerts. So, for instance, if you go to a live concert today, uh, Coldplay or any of these bands that have really huge, uh, LED displays, uh, you know, you go to a stadium and there's a huge, uh, wall of displays. They're very bright. So they already have, uh, a lot of the brightness available. What they've lacked is they've locked, lacked a lot of color depth, which is why today they just push single beams of color at you. Uh, once they can utilize high dynamic range, then they can put a whole slew of colors and gradations of colors into their uh, visual artistic um, performance that is part of the app. Um, and this is resounding uh, with these live acts, and they really are wanting to pursue it. Uh, again, sports, as you move forward in the corporate space, for instance, where you've got companies that are introducing new products, obviously color and texture and all these types of things have a big, big effect on your audience. If you're able to show your end user a much better sense of what the real world product looks like, especially if design is a key element in your, your entire design philosophy, right? Your product philosophy, then you're going to be able to, uh, allow your end user to take a look at what it really is going to look like before they make that more crucial buying decision. So it's it's across the spectrum. It's not just cinema. It's uh, sports broadcasts, it's live events, it's all sorts of corporate needs as well. So um, I think everyone gets the benefit. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. Just thinking about live events. I, I think every detail matters. Uh, one one thing I do want to, I, I want to transition the con, uh, conversation a little bit to another theme I saw, uh, which you guys uh, have a lot of IP products. And so uh, one thing I want to ask right off the bat is uh, how is IP changing the game? Well, IP uh, and, and, you know, for any of your listeners that are not familiar with, with the concept here, we're all familiar with IP as just part of our internet connection, right? So IP just stands for Internet Protocols. And we're used to getting on our iPhones, getting on our uh, Android devices, hooking up to Wi-Fi and searching for anything we want around the world. Um, broadcast today doesn't work that way. Broadcast either works with via satellite or works via a cable that comes into your house. Effectively, what we're doing with IP is we're looking at how do we get video across these same kind of infrastructures? How do we get them across the internet infrastructures? Uh, this was an impossible challenge a few years back because there simply wasn't enough bandwidth for uncompressed video. Today, uh, there is enough bandwidth around the world. People have got enough bandwidth coming into their homes um, that you're going to be able to utilize internet protocols for the transmission of television. So you can, you can expect in the near future to be buying TV sets that don't have a sort of uh, RCA type connection or coax connection or actually have an Ethernet port. Um, and so IP is much the same idea all the way through the production pipeline. So from onset to transmission between editing to the delivery uh, systems that get television to your house, we can utilize the same types of technologies. And there's lots of good reasons to pursue that. Uh, all the way from making it a lot cheaper, for instance, is take live sports. The more you can do remotely, the cheaper it is to produce and the more you can cover. So instead of sending out a huge truck with tons of people, you send out just a few people with cameras and a smaller truck and everything is hooked into an IP system and that goes in real time to a remote location, generally a studio where all the video signals are brought in, mixed, the graphics added, etc. So for a start, it cuts down on the cost of production. Secondly, it means just like the internet itself, if you choose to when it comes to the delivery site, it's much easier, as we all know, uh, to have one service, so to speak, that then delivers that signal wherever you need it to go. So uh, it's the ability to matrix this and to to also add in items after the fact or in the middle of the pipe. So to give you an example, if you were doing a broadcast that's going around the world for the Olympics, etc., right now what would have to happen is you're doing everything through standard video cabling. It would have to go to a studio. Someone would have to record in the voiceover for the new language. Generally a little difficult to do in real time, especially if they're multiple languages. If it's done with IP, a video signal could be sent to multiple places. And at the same time, different voiceover folks speaking in different languages could add their particular language to the signal while it's in the pipe before it gets to the end uh, user. So you've got the ability to insert information, much again like the internet, as the signal goes along. Over time, 
this also means you can mix in a lot of metadata. Uh, and the importance of metadata is, is fairly obvious. You've got a video signal or a show that's going out with its video and audio, but you can also send out live links, for instance, that say, hey, if you want to learn more about the city we're busy looking at, look at this web page, click here. Um, then you create a multi-level experience for your, your standard video program. Um, so it's very exciting stuff. We're in early days for this. Um, but HA has been very aggressive in staying on the leading edge of, uh, IP broadcasting. Again, helping create the tools that make this possible on the production side through the editing chain. Uh, and of course, there'll be more and more tools as we go forward. Um, but yes, the whole world is effectively moving to this network infrastructure. And it was always a problem before, because when you do standard internet stuff, you just get your little packets of information. You go click on your favorite news website. It just has to send you little chunks of information. That was never particularly difficult. Well, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, when I think of IP video just kind of being integrated into our world, it's it's reaching the consumer level faster than I thought. And so that that's meaning stuff like Periscope and Facebook Live. I mean, I, I, I see um, sporting events happening live on Facebook, and I even see concerts that are now taking place on Facebook. So streaming video is, is definitely at the consumer level, but it's not something we see a ton of in business. Uh, can you tell us how that's changing, especially with live events? You know, like, like you said earlier, you know, HDR is extremely important in, in live events. How is uh, live streaming going to be affecting these events as well? Well, streaming is something, um, so effectively what we have is I like to put down, I like to separate the two items a little bit. So we were just talking about broadcast IP, which is about bringing you the full on live TV experience where as it happens, you see it using internet protocols. Streaming has been around for a little while. Um, and it's been very effective and it's really grown for us in the corporate AV space. Um, and the idea there is that you simply accept that there are going to be network congestion issues, that type of thing. You don't have all the bandwidth you need, uh, but you can send an acceptable video signal utilizing the internet to wherever you want to go. And so we make, uh, we make a standalone streaming box, for instance, called the Hilo that simply allows you to plug in your video signal and you can stream it wherever you need to. That could be Facebook Live. It could be. Uh, YouTube, it could be any of the Wowzer, any of these streaming services. Um, and that's become extremely popular. For instance, if you're a uh, mid-sized company and you happen to have a couple of offices in different parts of the country, you could effectively utilize this for a huge group company-wide type conference where you can effectively say, hey, our CEO wants to deliver some news here. We've got some presentation materials that are part of it. We've got some video stuff we're going to also plug in. Uh, and you plug all the signals into a switcher and into the Hilo, and it will simply connect uh, to the Internet and send that signal out. Uh, and, in fact, we, we've had a lot of bands uh, utilize uh, the standalone streaming product because the end audience isn't as concerned if the video is arriving five seconds late. They don't really know that. Um, but if you can get to see your fa favorite band playing from wherever they might be in Boston, for instance, and you happen to live in Texas, uh, streaming services like this are just fantastic. Um, 
and to just be able to dial up the uh, uh, you know the YouTube channel that you need to watch it on is very simple. And uh, so we've done this with both Hilo as a standalone streaming device, and we also have our UTAP series, so that even you uh, can purchase this very cheap USB three uh, connector that allows you to plug in HDMI from a camera or SDI if you've got a more professional camera, and you can just go straight into a streaming service uh, and deliver your signal to wherever you need it to go. These signals, of course, will use compression for the video, so your video won't be completely uncompressed. Uh, but compression standards today are so advanced um, that the, the video signal really does look good. Well, Bryce, I, I really just love your expertise and I appreciate you joining in and just kind of expanding on not only HDR, but what that means for our markets and broadcast IP and social uh, social media live streaming. It's really been a delight to talk with you. And I just, I'm, I'm honored to speak with you and I, I've loved hearing your story. So Bryce, I, I just appreciate your time today and thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, if your listeners want to learn more about the company, uh, simply go to aja.com. And, uh, you know, on any of these topics, uh, the internet's a wonderful place to learn more. Um, Wikipedia does a good job with it. Uh, we try to provide solution pages, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, so that you can learn a bit more. You know, we're also doing things with stuff like Thunderbolt 3. If you happen to be looking at a new Mac and you need you know, you're interested in creating videos, take a look at that. Uh, I think the, you know, the, my final statement here is that the world is getting simpler from an end user's perspective. Uh, our tools are highly complex tools that are very simple to engage with and really put uh, creative uh, power into your hands. And that's what we're really trying to do as a company. So. Thanks again for letting me share our story, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time with us. Absolutely, Bryce. Thank you so much. You heard it here as well, AJA.com. Find all your latest uh, video solutions there. Bryce, it's been a pleasure to talk with you. Likewise. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Pro AV Now by Market Scale. Join us every Wednesday for new episodes featuring conversations with industry leaders as we unpack the latest in everything from LED all the way to digital content. You can find us at marketscale.com and also on iTunes. Pro AV Now, your home for everything B2B and professional audiovisual. We'll see you next time.